1: Welcome to another post-game Celtics Lab podcast. For the Game 3 post-game, we reached out to a friend of the pod, Lucas Santos, to give us the perspective from the other side of the pond. He's based in Madrid, Spain, if I am not incorrect. Madrid or just in Spain?
2: Uh, Santiago de Compostela. Hello, everyone.
1: Hello. Very cool. So that's uh, Galicia, right?
2: Yes, in Very Galicia. Cool.
1: we got a little bit of Gaelic stuff going on in that part of Spain, so... Some questions regarding your your Celtics fandom later on, but maybe that might be very, very, very small part. Uh, So, this episode of the Celtics Lab podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network and BetterHelp. You deserve to be happy. In today's pod or this evening's pod, we will talk about the NBA Hustle Award, the Celtics 2023 draft preparation, being a Boston fan and podcaster in Europe with Luca. And, of course, how Game 3 went. But first, how are you doing, Luca?
2: I'm, I'm okay. I'm very happy uh, with the match today. And I, I want to thank you so much for inviting me. I want to give a special shout-out to Justin and Cameron for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure and honor to be here on, on this podcast with Alex and Justin. Thank you very much.
1: Very cool. So yeah, you guys haven't met each other. That's Alex Goldberg, uh, co-host. Cameron is partying like an animal, in uh, parts unknown and unnamed. So he will not be joining us this evening. But let's talk about the game, Alex. What do you think about the game we just saw?
0: I was really impressed. I think this is, to my mind, this is the Celtics' best win of the postseason. Um, you know, they came out with really good energy to start, um, and there were a couple of moments where. Philly responded pretty impressively. I think they played a pretty good game for the most part with the glaring exception of one player that we'll get into. Um, no, I think, I think Philly responded pretty well. A lot of their guys stepped up. But um, there was a moment in the fourth quarter where it appeared that this game might be in the balance, that things were slipping away from the Celtics. Rob Williams, Grant Williams, bodies on the floor, things like that. And then Jason Tatum and Al Horford slammed the door shut and it was just a really impressive wire to wire victory and one that has me feeling pretty good about where this team is headed.
1: Yeah, I have to just bring up the uh, incident that saw Joel Embiid's size 3 million shoe land on the backside of Grant Williams head and then he went back in the game. That was just one of the most wild things I've ever seen. I'm really, really happy. He's mostly okay, Luca. What were you thinking when you saw that?
2: Yes, I very scared with Grant and with Robert too, with that hustle. Um, I think it's fundamental for us. Uh, the game recovered to home field factor. I like the Boston's intensity and energy, and it was a tough game with very tight defense in bo- by both teams but i i I'm agree with alex it's a wonderful game for boston celtics and i think uh, we have to improve our attack uh, contra la zona como se dice zona zone zone yes uh, zone 2 3 uh, mm-hmm. doc rivers uh, Show us a a complete complicated zone, and we have to improve that that attack because it was very tough in that moment.
0: Just a quick note. um as of a minute ago, it sounds like Joe Missoula seems to think that Robert Williams is okay. They will have to do more testing okay. um but. Uh, he said that he shook my hand. So whatever that's worth for our famously taciturn coach, Joe Mizzoula. Um, Yeah, no, you know, it's interesting, Luca, I, I think you mentioned that Boston has a kind of intensity on the road. Um, and I feel like that's been largely true this postseason. I mean, they're now, I, according to Sean Grandy, I'm pretty sure they're like, I don't remember the stat. I think they've won 16 playoff road games in the past two seasons. Um, This is a really, really good road team and one that should feel confident winning in just about any building. Um, And it's kind of mind boggling then to see like this level of intensity and discipline on the road. uh, And then to have them like drop these inexplicable home games where, you know, it seems like all of the discipline, all the intensity just kind of flies out the window and they lose track of their process. Because, you know, like games like tonight are a real reminder of the ceiling that this team is capable of reaching, which is, I think, nothing less than the best team in the NBA. It's just, can they hit those buttons enough times? Can they maintain that level of discipline on a consistent basis? If they can... I just I, I find it really hard to believe that there's another team that could beat them.
1: So let's take a little bit I more mean, go ahead.
0: I
2: don't, let's go, Justin.
0: Okay.
1: Let's take a more granular look at the game, uh starting in the, fir- the the first quarter. Uh you know, Joel came out uh after his big, you know, MVP moment. You know, kudos to him. That was very, very cute. Uh I, I would love to see the battles between his son and Deuce on the court one day. Uh Boston jumped out to a 14-4 start. Things looked pretty good, but then the ball movement started breaking down. Uh what was your opinion, Luca, of what you saw in the first quarter?
2: In the first quarter, I I love the the way uh, we we start the game. Uh, it was impressive for me. Um Boston played 4 minutes as they should. And and the rest of the quarter I think we play very individual. We made a plus ten, and then they drop at the defense level, and the offense goes stuck. And I hope we can uh, keep all the all the attack in the same intensity and all the level of energy in defense uh, is important for us.
1: Another interesting thing uh, that happened after uh, the Celtics almost lost control of that, they, they tightened things up and it was really questionable how things were going to keep going in terms of momentum uh, from one quarter to the next. But at the very end of it, Grant managed to get that. I think it was Anthony Melton who kicked the ball. Uh, he did a, he did his best Chris Paul impression, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, set, set up the game for really one of the best playoff games I can think of him actually being involved in. The sloppy play continued into the second uh, quarter. Uh, A little bit better defense on the 76ers side certainly helped things. Uh, But then Marcus Smart really started to, to, you know, dig his teeth into the game. Uh, And we saw Jalen Brown in particular uh, start taking on James Harden. Alex, we talked a little bit before we started about uh, Brown's defense in this case. Yeah.
0: So Brown's defense on Harden was a big part of why the Celtics got such a dominant victory in game two. And it really continued into this game as well. He has been terrific for basically uh, every minute since game two started. He had a kind of lackluster game one. Harden dropped 45. And I think he took that personally. I mean, at, at least it appears that he took it personally because he's been making a point to get super physical with James Harden picking him up full court driving directly into his chest he's trying to physically overwhelm Harden and so far it appears to be working to great effect Harden looked gassed by the end of this game and I think he's having some real trouble just with Jalen's blend of size and speed and physicality another thing that I'm noticing about Jalen is so Jalen Brown is a player who um has a lot that he brings to the table. He also has some glaring warts, particularly turnovers um, and decision-making, particularly driving the ball into traffic. Tonight, for the most part, with a couple of hiccups, his decision-making was excellent. I thought he had a really sound process. Um, He was taking drives when they were there, but he wasn't forcing it. He was moving the ball, and in particular... I just think he was doing such a great job of staying in front of Harden and making him work for everything. It seems like he's taking this matchup personally. And to me, I feel like he's trying to make a statement about his place in the two-guard hierarchy in this league.
1: I don't disagree. I also was happy to see that Al was a little bit more aggressive, including uh, that late three that gave Boston a bit of a cushion going into the half. The Celtics uh, ended up holding the 76ers to 35.9% from the field in the first half, but only shot 33% from three on their end. Uh, they did hold a 14-9 to 9 assist and 6-11 to 11 turnover lead in the first half, which was also pretty helpful, and a 48-39 to 39 possession lead, uh, which gave them as much as a 10-point cushion. They started off the third quarter with Harden still a little bit off. Uh, Maxi started to heat up, but they shut him down pretty good with a strong start on their end as well. Uh, there was that, that uh, Jason Tatum injury when he went flying into the stands that you know was the, only the first of several uh, heart attack moments. And what was going on with that charge call that we saw uh, for Al Horford pretty early in the game? Uh, what do you think about that, Luca? Was that the right call, or do you think they should have held on to that challenge for later?
2: I I don't like the the fall and I don't like the challenge. Uh, I I don't think it's fall, but uh, it's okay. I I think referees are no so good, uh, but for all the teams, uh, I don't I don't look so much uh, the referees. I I look I I'm focusing the. If the intensity is back, uh, the defense sh- shutdowns. I like shutdowns more two and two on Embiid, more close to Embiid. um very aggressive. Jalen rushing a bit. Uh, I look um, the way the Celtics play more than the referees, but I, I don't. I, I I don't like that that play, and and I think the challenge was wrong for for Matsula. I think you know,
0: trying, I, but, Well, I think you're about to say what I was going to say, which is that I think that the challenge, I, I agree, luca I don't think the challenge was a particularly wise one. I think more than anything, the challenge was to stop the game and get Jason Tatum looked at uh, and just get him off the court um, and to see if there was any way that he could get two points back while doing that. Um, yeah, no, it, it wasn't the finest challenge call in the world, but I think... Um, you know, these these things happen. And while we would all love to say like, save your challenge to the end of the game, obviously that's what you should do. I think there is something to the idea that like challenges are a little situational dependent. And there are times where you might have to burn one that you know is not gonna go your way just to interrupt the flow of the game. So it worked. I mean,
1: they managed to get control of the game. They went, uh, an 8-0 run to build up a, as much as a 12-point lead. Uh, and Embiid started to look tired uh, towards the midpoint of the quarter. By the end of the quarter, he just looked gassed. And the Celtics, to the credit, uh, not only started the third pretty hot, uh, which is not really their thing, but they kept attacking uh, the, the Rob Tumble Happened pretty early in the fourth. Uh, Harden was still looking pretty bad. They cut it to I think five points with about five minutes left. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon answered with with a nice three, and then that horrific moment. Uh, what were we thinking on your end, Alex? When you saw, uh, do you think that Grant had was like done for the night? I mean, did you I think was he, any chance?
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought he certainly was going to have a concussion and not come back into the game. I also was pretty worried because Robert Williams got hurt about two plays before diving for a loose ball and throwing his entire body weight into his hand um as Rob will often do Robert please don't do that you can just let the ball go out of bounds my guy it's fine um yeah so I was definitely concerned for Grant um you know Joel Embiid's entire body weight came down on him and that guys he's a heavy dude old Joel um it seems like, you know, obviously Grant came back in the game and was able to hold up against Embiid. And there was a snippet where they were actually talking to each other. And it seems like Grant did not take it personally. It was pretty clearly a situation where Embiid didn't have anywhere to land and didn't know that Grant's uh, head was there. It is still a really scary play. And Grant is, you know, a player that is at his best when he's being really physical and mixing it up and diving on the floor for loose balls, um, but that does come at a cost, and I would like Grant to be a little bit more careful going forward. Yeah, the, uh...
2: yeah. There was a moment. There was a moment. It looked like we were without the Williams. Yeah. And for for the rest of the of the playoffs, probably well, oh, Lord, at, least Robert, yeah. at least Robert. At least Robert. But what uh, both are doing well, I think, uh, thanks to God, and keep playing. Yeah.
1: Speaking of keeping playing, uh, James Harden made his sole really wet three of the entire game in the the waning moments of the fourth quarter, giving us you know a little bit of a flashback to Game One uh, in ways I'm not entirely comfortable with. But Tatum really shut the door, uh hit a big 3, got to the line, uh really really came through in ways that I think Alex we were talking about earlier that we really really like to see. Uh Luca, what were your thoughts on how the Celtics did their late game execution this time around? It looked to me like they they really were way more focused than they have been in the past.
2: A ver, vuelve a decírmelo
1: uh ejecución execution tarde en el juego
2: de de Celtics
1: how, how are the Celtics normally los Celtics no están bien en el último parte in del the clutch okay yeah in the clutch yeah
2: somewhere. yes but um i think uh Jason Tatum catches the ball and and make two or three amazing amazing tough uh, thoughts and and uh, I don't like the way they play too much individual I think we can move more the ball uh, but okay today Jason Tatum played the last minutes like an MVP and thank's god the the ball is in into the basket and it, it was wonderful but I'm a little bit scared I, I were a little uh, I was a little bit scared because um uh, I think this is not the way to, to finish the games, but okay, uh, today not wrong. it works. Today works, and, and I'm so happy for that.
1: Yeah, we have seen Tatum try to do the, the, the big star takeover at the end of the game and have it not work, but today it did.
2: He looks, he looks for Tobias Harris and he pushed, he pushed one, two, three, and he took a fall and go to the free, free throw line and, and he he got one, seven points uh, in a row. And okay, it's give us air and and more points for the, for uh, unos minutos, últimos minutos tranquilos.
1: Some quiet minutes to finish it off.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Cool. You know,
0: it's it's really interesting because I think Luca, uh, for the most part, I generally agree, like the process probably could have been better down the stretch with ball movement and things like that. I do think that there is a place for matchup hunting late, um, but it has to be done the right way. And the big thing that I was harping on in the first two games, the Celtics just need to make quicker decisions in yeah. late game situations. I while, while it was the case that they weren't pinging the ball around and generating wide open looks, through ball movement and passing and things like that they were getting into whatever action they were doing with pace they were like jason tatum when he got the ball on the wing he knew where he was going with it he was going to step back and take a shot he was going to drive to the rim and try and create something in general i think you you, you're right in a perfect world the celtics should be able to just like move the ball and get it touching a bunch of people's hands and They did that, you know, kind of in the third quarter of game two and really blew the game open using that method. But in late games on the road, you have to be able to execute in the half court. And regardless of what your plan is, you have to make those decisions uh, with confidence and with pace. And I think the Celtics did that tonight. So what is our biggest
1: criticism for each of these teams? For me, I don't really have a particularly good uh, criticism coming to my head. So I'm going to start with the 76ers criticism in that, for me, it seems very obvious that they have almost like a platoon situation going on where they could get Joel some more rest while giving the look that was successful to them in game one a better a better amount of floor time right in the way that I think they could be more successful by changing the looks they throw at Boston and they they seem to have been much more content to just like let Embiid run the show and I, I understand that he just won MVP but the point of being the most valuable player to your team is doing whatever is necessary to put them in a position to win which I don't really think that they did tonight uh Alex biggest complaint about the 76ers
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the reality for the Sixers is that they are so reliant on the Harden and Bede pick and roll working. They've built their entire offensive structure around it. And in the past two games, the Celtics have snuffed that play out entirely. They are getting to the level and checking Harden, making sure that he's not able to get into a clean rhythm dribble. Um, They're having Al Horford stick with Embiid on rolls really effectively. And Embiid is, you know, limited physically and not able to roll in the same way that he probably would be if his knee was fully healthy. But um, the thing that I think stands out to me for the Sixers is offensively, they just really don't have a lot of variety. There's not much of a blend there. It's like if the Harden Embiid pick and roll is not generating, then it's, all right, we're going to embed at the elbows. We're going to try and kick out for a corner three. And if that's not there, there's not much else happening. The Celtics, it seems like they are uh, attacking in a much greater variety of ways. You know, They're having Brogdon come off of pin downs. They're getting Jalen isolated on the wing against smaller defenders. They're having smart do show and go plays where he's starting with the ball, and then faking passes and driving into the lane it just seems like in general um the celtics are operating offensively at a much higher level whereas the sixers are relying primarily on the kind of bread and butter offense plays that are really good for winning regular season games but are hard to work with uh when teams adjust and try to take them away in the playoffs and to my mind, the Sixers have not really done much to get away from that offense or to add variety.
1: So I'm going to give Luca the opportunity to say something that he thinks the Celtics did well uh, since you know they won the game and I'm making up the rules as I go. Uh, Luca, I will give you a, a second to think about your answer. Uh, for me, the thing I'm going to say that is good about the Celtics is apart from that challenge we were just talking about that didn't go well, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head that we could say that Joel Mazzula could have done better in this game. So I think that is something that needs to be pointed out, considering that, unfairly or not, he's been taking a bit more criticism than he probably deserves in recent games, even in wins, to be honest. Luca, something good the Celtics did tonight.
2: Oh, the intensity is back. This is, for me, uh, is fundamental for this team. When we can defend like that, we can flow in the in the attack. I love the way Marcus Smart kept the Celtics in the second quarter. I I love the way Jalen is playing. Sometimes forcing a lot, but four assists in the in the first half. He was the the best on the team, and it's important for us too. And okay, I think. Uh, the way he, the way Al Horford plays, uh, more aggressive with uh, much better percentages uh, from the field. It's uh, very important because he can um, sacar a de la zona, apartar envíos del aro.
1: Uh, I don't understand that particular phrase, f- pero otra manera.
2: Sacamos a Joel Embiid de debajo del aro. Oh, he took, he took Joel
1: Embiid out of the game. Absolutely. There were <laughs> okay. a couple of moments where Horford uh, did not pull the trigger on some open threes that I was a little uh, about, but overall, yeah. he was much In the more beginning, best. yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. He, uh, he hit, he
2: hit uh, five. <laughs> five <laughs> yes.
1: But I want the man to get yeah. like 28 or whatever, you know? It's just like, little always, shooter. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yes, yeah, he's so, an elite shooter. He he told me. And, and I think a yes, elite shooter. No, I think okay. Jalen's work uh, again. Jalen's work uh, has been fundamental to destroy Jaylen, uh, Harden uh, physically, and mm-hmm. he he hasn't got uh, legs at the end of the at the end and. The- yeah. <laughs> At the beginning of the game, too, uh, he is he's, uh, he's too 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 tired, I think. And in the other say, in the other way, we have to know how to attack the zone. I think it's very important for us, and we can't block ourselves there. We must have resources. And uh, at times, I think we we were obsessed in in the in the first quarter we were assessed it with attacking Embiid under the rim yep. and instead of taking him in the in the I don't, I don't remember second or third quarter uh, to taking him out and and spitting him with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and we have to improve that we have to improve uh, the way we we attack the zone because probably in the fourth uh, game we're going to see more uh, zone uh, for the for the sixers you
1: just answered my next question um i'll pose the same one to alex what do you expect to see in game 4
0: as far as adjustments are concerned yeah um the thing that I'm surprised that I did not see more of tonight is more D'Anthony Melton, a guy who I think has actually played pretty well for the Sixers in this series, and I think might provide a level of physical disruption that James Harden and Tyrese Max- Maxi really can't. Um, P.J. Tucker hit a couple of corner threes. I think he had a better game than uh, he normally did. But Joe Mazzula has found a way to scheme P.J. Tucker out of relevance in this series. If you saw how the Celtics were playing him, they were leaving him wide open for all of those shots. They said, go to town, P.J. Tucker, and that strategy has largely paid dividends. And then on defense, they're keeping him out of the play by having Al Horford basically stand in the corner Um, PJ Tucker can't really help off of Al when he's hitting at the rate that he is. So I, I think the logical adjustment, if I'm Doc Rivers is got to go smaller, you got to go faster. You got to try and match the Celtics pace, um, which is hard to do when you have a lot of like kind of bigger non-shooting wings out there. I feel like DeAnthony Melton should play more. I thought George Niang actually looked all right in spurts although he is a huge target defensively. So I think there's limited run that you can get with that. Um, I think you could see a little bit more zone, but the thing is that Brogdon has kind of destroyed zones this year. So I feel like there's a limited level of utility that you can run a zone with uh, before the Celtics figure it out. But the big thing is that um, Philly needs to play faster. They just have to play faster if they want to win this series. So I would expect going smaller Seeing a lot of De'Anthony Melton, seeing maybe a little more Paul Reed as well, particularly in lineups where Embiid is not on the floor. Um, outside of that, I, I I don't I don't have a ton of adjustments. Part of it is just personnel.
1: Yeah, Luca, what do you think the series is going to go like? Well, give me a series prediction: five games, six games, seven games. Who wins?
2: I, I was talking with uh, with uh, Planeta NBA, with uh, Víctor Arrufat with uh, Roy Baskerville. We, we commend the, the game in, in, in a stream. And they talk about uh, in five. They think we are going to win in five. I think in six. I, 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 I think uh, with this Joel Embiid, uh, he played very, very nice, very well today and with a little more uh, punch with uh, Maxi or Hardem or, I don't know, Melton. Melton, yeah. Uh, Yeah, probably uh, the next game uh, is going to to give us uh, a little more problem. Probably, I don't know. I hope in five, but I think in six.
1: Yeah, no, I feel you because as has been the, the trend that once the Celtics feel like they're in a good position, and it's pretty natural to do this, they take their foot off the gas a little bit, and this is going to be a desperate team at home. So I think that you might be right. Alex, any change in your prediction?
0: Um, I started the series with um, Boston in six. That seems pretty right to me. I think one thing that I'm going to be monitoring is what is the health situation as far as Boston's bigs are concerned. I think the Boston can win it in five. Um, I think if yeah. they execute at the level that they're able to, that's not off the table, particularly with a compromised Embiid and an increasingly worn down looking James Harden. Um, but I do think that the big health will be something to monitor. Uh, if Robert Williams misses time, I would have a hard time seeing the Celtics uh, easily adjust to that. He's been great this series in a lot of ways. Uh, the Sixers really have had problems trying to deal with his activity off the bench. So I'm I'm probably gonna stick with Celtics in six, though I do think five is on the table if they play their cards right.
1: Well, there's another series going on that we should probably talk about uh, that happened, the results of yesterday, in which a 1-1 series also saw a 2-1 lead taken, not necessarily in the way we might have thought, based on how the last game went. That would be the Warriors tying the series with the Lakers with a 127-100 win, the clay game. that mm-hmm. finally happened, 30 points on 8 from 11, shooting from 3. How are we feeling about this series? Who's going to win?
0: For me, okay. I I just, I've set, I said this on the last pod, I, I do think the Warriors are going to win this series. I know the Lakers got one on the road, and I think they've made a pretty impressive effort thus far. I think the Lakers can certainly push Golden State. Um, I just think at the end of the day that the matchups and the personnel uh, favor the Warriors in the long run of the series. There's definitely some execution things that they have to figure out. Anthony Davis, I think, has been a pretty big problem for them and one that they need to address but you know i this warriors core is so so good at winning on the road they really are not rattled or phased by anything and i do think that lebron james is physically compromised in a way that we haven't really seen from him in the playoffs he just doesn't seem like he has the same sort of lift and speed and uh defensive ability that he's had in previous runs I, I think water will eventually meet its level. Um, I think it's going to be a tough series. I don't think the Lakers are going to go down easily at all, but I like the Warriors in seven. Luca,
2: who wins? Oh, uh, this is a series that attracts a large audience, both in the United States and here in Spain. Uh, LeBron versus Carri, the last dance. Uh, I don't know if it, if it will be the last one, but it's going to be su- super competitive. I don't know. Uh, it's like asking whether you love more your mom or your dad. I, but, <laughs> but the other way around, I think uh, the Lakers and are the Celtics history rivals. And what could be more satisfying than beating them in a hypothetical, hypothetical finals? Well, beating be- the Golden
1: State Warriors in the finals.
2: Yeah. Okay. Maybe it would be even better i would um, be close. Better.
1: better for the players, yeah. maybe not so good for
2: us. Uh, yes. Uh, I don't know. It, it's a rematch of the last season and win the 18th championship against one of the three best teams in history. It, it could be amazing.
0: You so know, I'm gonna be happy if the Celtics just win the finals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. with
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, go be crazy, but I want the Warriors to win this time. Uh, yeah, I, I can expect do too. I, I expect a, a long league. yes. A long, tough series that will be decided in game seven, please. And my prediction is 4 3 in favor of Golden State Warriors.
0: I still think, for what it's worth, that the team that I am currently watching in the background right now, the Denver Nuggets, is my favorite to come out of the West. But that's just. I think so too. Mm -hmm.
1: So some news, uh, Marcus as pretty much everyone who is not in the wastes of Siberia knows, uh, won the 2023 Hustle Award. It is his second season in a row winning it, his third time in five years. Uh, Aaron Neesmith, former Celtic, current Indiana Pacers, came in third, which is pretty impressive given how long he's been in the league. And the if you caught that the worst coach in the world comment at the end of a Joe Mazzulla presser, I think it was yesterday, uh, it came from him not really like talking in a video session about how good Marcus has been recently. Uh, also, the Celtics are working out Miami Ford, Norchad Omir. I probably destroyed his name. He's a six foot seven, two hundred and thirty pound elite rebounder. He's a more of a four, kind of leaning into a three without a shot, but he does have a functional jumper. It needs a lot of work, particularly to go out to the three point line. But like a lot of the guys Celtics are looking at, he's going to be keeping his NCAA eligibility. So it could all be a smokescreen or they could promise one of these people if they think that this is the right person to help them. And if I were a betting man, I would bet that he'll probably return to Miami uh, for his, I think it's going to be his senior season, if I'm not mistaken. If I were a betting man, Alex, where would I want to bet on that if it were, you know, a prop bet that was actually possible?
0: Well, Justin, if you were a betting man and you were looking to bet on things like players making rosters or players winning games or players really doing anything in the NBA, the place that you would want to make that bet is on FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There is no better place to bet all of the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit Fanduel.com slash Boston and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is, again, Fanduel.com slash Boston. Fanduel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states first online real money wager only $10 deposit required refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call one 800 step or text next step to 53342 for Arizona. Call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat for Connecticut. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana, one 800 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com for Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in L.A., GamblingHelplinema.org MA.org or call 800 327 5050 for 24 7 support for Massachusetts. Visit ND in Maryland and uh, 1 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369 for New York, 1 800 522 4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800Gambler.net for West Virginia so
1: speaking of uh gambles a long long time ago the celtics made a trip to spain and i have a theory though you're going to let me know luca uh well first of all let me give you a proper introduction i'm going to murder the name of your podcast but i want you to say it so that way i don't kill orgioso verdes is that right? Looks like you're muted.
2: Yes, los orgullosos verdes. Nice. So that
1: means the proud green, right?
2: Yeah. Yes. Cool.
1: All right. Um. So, tell me, how did you become a fan of the Celtics in Spain? Uh, was it the Madrid trip in 1988 or 2015 that they they've made over there?
2: No. No. So uh, how did you become a Celtics fan? How? When? Okay. I'm I'm from Galicia, you know, located in the north of Spain. And I when I was eight years old, I began playing basketball and my coach started calling me Pájaro. Do you know what's pajaro? Parrot? Or
1: can pajaro? Pajaro,
2: pajaro is bird.
1: Yeah, it's a kind of bird, yes.
2: right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Yes, after several practices, I asked him why he called me that, and he explained that there was a player in the, in, in the NBA whom whom he admired. His player was blonde, blue-eyed, and played as a small forward like me. And his name was Larry Bird, and Pajaro in Spanish means bird. This was around 85, 86, more or less, um, when the NBA started broadcasting games on television in Spain. It was when I discovered Bert, and I fell in love with the Celtics. He played in style, and his Irish Celtic ancestry, which is similar to that of the Galicians, got me hooked, and that's why I'm a Celtics fan. Very cool.
1: Yeah, for me, it was just watching somebody make a cross-court shot in the NCAA tournament. Just totally got a 13-year-old Justin hooked on basketball. Alex, how did you become a basketball fan?
0: Uh, I became a basketball fan earlier than I became a Celtics fan. Um, I became a basketball fan when I played NBA Courtside 2001 for the Nintendo GameCube. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was an extremely fun game that I enjoyed playing. Then I played NBA Street Volume 2, and I wanted to learn who all the players are. So I started watching basketball. I became a Celtics fan specifically when one Kevin Garnett was traded to the Boston Celtics or rather signed with the Boston Celtics in what I guess was a sign and trade technically. Um, Garnett was my favorite player at the time. And when he went to the Celtics, I went to the Celtics, which was convenient because I also moved to Boston shortly after Kevin Garnett was traded to the Celtics. So um, I think that was my, Beginning of my Celtics fandom, and uh, as as much as I love KG, by the time he uh, had been dealt to the Brooklyn Nets, I was fully entrenched with the Seas. Very cool. So that uh, particular moment you just mentioned,
1: it could, you know, be kind of stressful, right? I mean, it seems silly to be stressed out by a player that you care about being traded away. But in your case, you didn't need to do anything to kind of like deal with that. But like, let's just say like you had an unhealthy emotional attachment to a basketball player or a team. Not that that would ever happen in reality. Mm. Uh, you know, not most people think of therapy as something that you need for when your wife leaves you, or your husband leaves you, or your significant other passes away or some other terrible, terrible thing. And it can be incredibly helpful for that, right? But For sure. Tell me, tell me a bit more um, about options we could have to address something like that.
0: Well, if you're, you know, a person who may or may not be uh, an obsessive person like myself who records podcasts and you know, weds, again, their mental and emotional well-being to uh, a basketball team and the outcome of the games that they play, um, then you might want to consider checking out BetterHelp. Uh, The show is brought to you by BetterHelp. um, And getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process. Uh, Getting to know my allegiance to a basketball team, getting to know a variety of different things about myself has been a lifelong process. Um, And a big part of why is because we're always growing and changing Uh, Like I was when I was, for example, learning to balance my mental health with things that uh, didn't involve basketball. Um, Therapy is all about deepening your self awareness and about understanding. Sometimes we don't know what we want, and sometimes we don't know why we react the way we do until we talk through things. And one of the things that is great about BetterHelp is that it connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self discovery from wherever you are so that you can talk through those things. Um, You know, therapy has helped a lot of people to stay alert uh, about how to handle their mental health in stressful situations, how to set boundaries. Uh, It's empowering for people who wanna be the best version of themselves. And it's really not, as you said, just for people who've experienced major trauma. Uh, That's kind of an unfair stigma that's attached to therapy. Therapy can be for, you know, just kind of the general day-to-day work of maintaining your mental health. Um, And if you're thinking of starting therapy, if you're a little gun shy about it because of the stigmas attached, then BetterHelp is a great place to start. Uh, You can give it a try today. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get in match with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash CELTLAB, C-E-L-T-L-A-B, today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash CELTLAB.
1: So you mentioned uh, the stresses of staying up late to watch games and then podcast about them. Uh, Luca, you do this all the time. I mean, when you watch games, it's not tip off when we watch games even you know comparatively speaking for like west coast games how is it for you watching games in spain i mean where do you watch them how do you watch them who do you watch them with
2: it's hard it's hard to watch games there there is a six hour time difference between boston and and, in my location Mm -hmm. and when the celtics play at home at 7 p.m It's already 1 a.m. here. Uh, Watching the games live can be challenging. I usually try to catch them on weekends and vacations, but during the playoffs, I'm willing to sacrifice a few hours of sleep and go to work a little bit tired. (laughs) However, I'm grateful, how to say, that the Celtics are not located in the West Coast, as the time difference would be even more challenging, so I shouldn't complain too much. Fair. And I usually watch the games at home uh, on the NBA app uh, with low volume or headphones, so as not to disturb uh, who my 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 wife and, and my daughter. Yeah. Although in playoffs, to... I I usually watch uh, them from the computer in an office study. Uh, here I am um, that I have for it because I I comment them in live uh, for a Twitch channel called Planeta NBA. Uh, I'm here right now.
1: Very cool. So speaking of Planeta NBA, uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast. What do we need to know about Los orgurosos and the network Planeta NBA? Oh,
2: wow. Mm. We've been doing weekly shows for the four seasons, more or less. Uh, uh we are trying to do a podcast uh seminal uh weekly yeah. seminar yeah. um uh, yeah uh we have between one thousand two thousand listeners per show more or less oh. and during the playoffs uh, you know i'm i'm the face of the boston celtics here in planet uh, yeah. Planet and has has more than 1600 600 uses on discord you know what's Discord?
1: Yeah, yeah, we use that a lot yes.
2: here in the states too. Yeah, yeah, he's the biggest NBA community in Spanish around the world, and all of his his podcasts have had a total of one point five million listeners so far. One point five, yes, and it's just uh, in the last month his streams have received three hundred and fifty thousand hits. Wow, here in Spain it has a lot of of, of fans, and. Tony Vidal is the post host of Planeta NBA. Suggested um, that I do the podcast after a serious message defending Jalen Brown's contract. Uh, after arguing that it was a great contract for the Celtics, if we follow it, the predicted progression, and I was right, he will be probably an All NBA this year, I and so. he. I think he he appreciated how I express myself and understanding of of the topic and my basketball knowledge uh, probably and he showed me uh, a candidate to run the Boston Celtics section of this project and he put me in contact with Juan and Casares you know Juan and Casares mm-hmm. uh, with course, fast you don't yes my 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 partners in in the podcast and we we signed Pablo too, a little later than Juan and Casares. And okay, it's, um, I don't know. Yes, I think it's four seasons. And I think now we're improving with each episode and it's been great connected, connecting with fellow fans like yourself, Justin, Cameron, Alex. Uh, we talked with Alan Taylor, with Bobby Manning who was in a Celtic comp here in Spain, really? in Valencia. Yes, wow, we, we cool. met him. And we even had Brenna Jones, you know, on the show, which was amazing for us. And we're excited to keep the show going and collaborating with professionals like you.
1: Very cool. So let me shift gears a little bit. Tell me some of your favorite Celtics players. Now, all time.
2: yeah. Um, The Celtics really have a number of historic players to bring up, but I'll talk about players I saw play. Uh, Obviously, Larry Bird is an icon for me. He's the player who sparked my NBA fever and whose team made me a Celtic forever. Uh, But beyond Larry Bird, I've always loved players with talent and attitude. And like Alex, uh, Kevin Garnett is the player who reignited me the love for the Celtics after a few years. Of being alienated from the from the team and the NBA in general, these two plays are the ones I would single out above above all the others. More plays, obviously, Paul Peace, Ray Rondo, and of course Isaiah Thomas, the little guy. Uh, I love all 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 of them. And now, I don't know. I I I love the way the exceptional talent of Jason Tatum who. Fluency and dominance in any situation that comes his way. He's a total player, exceptional both on offense and defense. A potential future future MVP, probably, if he continues to progress as, as, as expected. I just love the way he plays. He's got such a smooth flow on the court, and he's really taking his game to the next level in the process. I love the way he plays, and of course, Marcus Smart who mm-hmm. embodies, I think, the intrinsic values that every Boston Celtics player should have, such yeah. as greed, courage, dedication, attitude, heart, and hunger. I, I love the way he play, And also hype it about Rob and Jalen Brown. I I bring They bring so much energy and excitement to the court. And I think when you combine all, all these guys together, it's like we've got a squad that can take on anyone in the league.
0: Yeah, it's a really likable team. That's one of the things that I appreciate most about the squad. There's a lot of players that are just genuinely really fun to watch. Um, So speaking of, you know, the Celtics and how they've been to watch this year, I'm curious, how have you felt, Luca, about just the Celtics regular season generally? Like thinking about kind of what they did, what were the highs, what were the lows? Like how have you felt about this season?
2: Oh, the season has been quite a ride for the Celtics. We started with the shock of Judoka taking over as head coach and the uncertainty around Masula's capabilities as a head coach. But those doubts went away pretty quickly, I think. The the team came together and with the addition of Brogdon, we were dreaming big, I think. We finished the regular season in a great position to make a strong run in the playoffs. Jason Tatum has a phenomenal season and with an impressive fourth place finish in the MVP race. Uh, Jalen Brown has also been fantastic too. And I'm hoping gets the All-NBA. As I said, Malcolm Brogdon has been a strong contender for six men of the year. And Derek White improved and has adapted to the team. So I think the team has been playing well against the top teams. I think sometimes... It feels like they underestimate their opponents and don't bring the same level of intensity, which can lead uh, to an expect, unexpected, sorry, losses, uh, which can be a big problem. I think for us, mm. they they end up losing games they shouldn't, like when we lost when they lost to yeah, Orlando, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. Come, I mean, come mm-hmm. on, guys, uh, this team weren't even at full strength. I, I know those games don't really matter in the regular season, but if but they, they keep do, playing like extent,
1: that, in terms of setting a culture,
2: yeah, uh, if they keep playing like that, they might be they might get caught in sleeping when it really counts. Hmm. They need to stay motivated and focused, even when they're playing against teams that aren't as good as 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 the paper. And it's it's important for us that,
0: yeah um and just kind of briefly have you felt any differently about the team in the playoffs than you have about them in the regular more season
2: more or less uh, so so they won they won the the first round and which is good in the playoff right but especially after two strong opening games uh, they made that made it seems like they would sweep the series thing i think but men they got a bit too relaxed in those third and fifth games and that's when things go shaky mm. uh, it's like they forgot how to win they bought they were so much better than the other team and and they just look they just took sorry their foot off the gas and let them get back in the game and that's not a look good I believe I I believe that. Last year's experience in the finals has influenced the team. I mean, I get that they're trying to conserve energy for the later rounds. and But sometimes you got to go all out and take care of the business. Um, I have to be honest, I wasn't feeling the lack of hustle and that Mamba mentality that could ke- have given us some rest for our headliners and some mo- more day off, I think. Yeah, well...
0: Uh, I think that's a thoughtful overview, and I think that's probably a good place to wrap up. Um, last question, and then we'll get you out of here. Um, I, I, I mean, it's it's pretty simple. It's the it's the big one. Do you think the Celtics are going to go all the way this year? Do you think they're going to finish the job?
2: I hope so. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I I dream with a 18th ring. Uh... Yes, I hope I hope they they win Sixers. I don't know Knicks or Heat. What do you think about that? Knicks? Yeah. Well,
0: yeah, it's going to be an interesting. I mean, they have to get out of this round first and it's definitely not over. The Sixers will make adjustments, but I'm I am on 5
1: boxing match.
0: Yeah, but I would be very interested to see how they match up with either one of those teams, I think. But they there are strengths and weaknesses for both in that matchup that the Celtics need to be thoughtful about. Anyway, Luca, thank you so much. This has been a blast talking with you. we really enjoyed having you on. Um, Where can we find you again?
2: Yes, I I would like to. And um, of course, um, thanks for having me. It's, uh, I had a blast that I, although I apologize if my English wasn't up to two parts, Hopefully, no, I'll, I'll do good. better. I, I'll hope I'll do better next time. And, and- uh, before I go, before I go, I let me end things the way I always do on, on my podcast, Los Orgullosos. Bye, friends. And let's keep looking for our prime. Absolutely. Me. Me. <laughs> so
1: you can find Luca uh, at... For his podcast, L-O-S-O-R-G-U-L-L-O-S-O-S on Twitter. Uh, and yeah. his personal Twitter handle is L-U-C-A underscore S-A-I-N-T. So definitely, Adam, he's a great follower. Especially if he speaks Spanish. And Yes. respete mi mal español In su podcast Your English is so much better than my Spanish on your podcast is
2: Don't think so <gasps> Do no. I think You crees? No You speak better than me <laughs> no. Thank you very much It's a pleasure and an honor to be here Thank you very much
1: This episode like... of the Celtics Lab podcast is brought to you by Fanduel, The exclusive wagering partner of CLS Media Network and BetterHelp You deserve to be happy And after this win, I think we all are Adios.